the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You help support us as we continue to keep the Twin Cities right. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. Protests took a violent turn in several U.S. cities over the weekend, with demonstrators squaring off against federal agents outside a courthouse in Portland, Oregon, and forcing police in Seattle to retreat into a station house. Vehicles were set ablaze last night or early Sunday in California and Richmond, Virginia. Also on SRNews.com, some of Spain's most beloved summer venues are facing new lockdown restrictions after turning into coronavirus hotspots. British Foreign Minister Dominic Robb says as inconvenient as it may be to British travelers, the government had to impose last-minute quarantine rules on travelers coming from Spain. Otherwise, we risk reinfection into the UK, uh, uh, potentially a second wave here, and then another lockdown. And Oscar winner Olivia de Havilland, best known as the kindly Melanie in Gone with the Wind, has died. She was 104. This is SRN News. Hugh Hewitt says we're not out of the woods with COVID-19. A lot of people are intuiting that the disease is less deadly. I don't think that's correct. Uh, there is, There are two strains of it running around, and it may be correct. But I know one thing is doctors are much better skilled at treating it, and people are much quicker to get treatment. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. In what ways are American liberties under attack? Well, you can find the answer to this question and more by streaming Morality in the 21st Century at SalemNow.com. It's a look into the toughest social and moral issues we face today. And again, you can watch it for yourself at SalemNow.com. Just past 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities, take a look at your forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center. Chance of showers, high of 85. Hour 2, Brad Carlson Show of the Narn, starting right now here on The Patriot. Bye for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. Hey, it's Paul Vady, Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, again, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like if you haven't done so already. And if you're not a a Freedom Fan Club member, why the heck not? Uh, Go to AM1280 The Patriot. Register to be a Freedom Fan Club member. Again, no, it's free to sign up. They just ask for your email address, and that's only to send you uh, inside uh, inside information about upcoming books of the month, uh, appearances, station appearances, station events, which we will have station events again soon, I promise, folks. It's going to happen. Uh, we will get through this COVID thing somehow, some way, someday. Uh, and you will be the first to know about them if you're a Freedom Fan Club member. Plus, you get access to the podcasts, the podcast page on am1280thepatriot.com. Uh, Apparently, the Twins put on their, their hitting shoes. They're on pace to score like 36 runs this game. Four in the first, four thus far in the second. Eight nothing Twins in the uh, top of the second inning. Grand slam by Jay Cave in the first. And a bases clearing double by Nelson Cruz 
in the second. 41-year-old Nelson Cruz. Man, it's uh, he can still hit. Yes, he can, even with a uh, torn ligament in his hand that apparently made him feel better last year. <laughs> that, that's just amazing. I know. So there you have it, uh, Twins up 8-0. to zero, So um, keeping tabs on that, that'll be fun. Uh, we are going to have our technology wonk, Greg Scott, join us at 2.15 and talk about the high-profile Twitter hack that took place a couple of weeks ago. Uh, before we do that, uh, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about the Washington Redskins nickname. Of course, they officially retired the Redskins nickname two weeks ago tomorrow. And for the time being, they're just going with the Washington football club because they haven't come up with a new nickname as yet. They're still deliberating it, but for now, temporarily, they're coming out. They're just going with the Washington football club and LeBron James, you know, he's a big social progress, social uh, justice warrior, progressive, you know, he mocked it. He says, man, you, you all wait, you, you got rid of the name and that's the best you could come up with, you know, all these laughing emojis. And I love LeBron, but that was just a moronic statement. It's a temporary nickname, okay? It's not meant to be the permanent one. Although Northern Alliance Radio Network alum and personal friend of mine, Ed Morrissey, now writing for HotAir.com, he suggested the Washington team of football. Then they can just go by the WTFs, and the fan, the new mascot would have a bag over his head instead of the uh, obviously the decorative feathers, <laughs> which I thought that was pretty good, the Washington WTFs, yeah, Washington. Washington team, or just WTFs, Washington team of footballs. But uh, they didn't go for that, apparently. Well, I bring all this up to say that uh, David Harsanyi, David Harsanyi of NationalReview.com wrote about uh, the nickname, about how people are just getting the vapors over these nicknames without really knowing a whole lot about their history. They just go to Wikipedia and look at a brief description about rumors about how they uh, came up with their nickname. And again, to, to to say, to dismiss the Redskins nickname as just because Indians have red skin, there has been a lot of stories about how the Redskins got that nickname. And I won't go down that, uh, go down that road because, you know, the name is gone, you know, whatever, that's fine. Like I said, it wasn't due to any social justice, stomping and and having a temper tantrum over the name it was because you know some big corporate sponsors were no longer going to be associated with them and that's fine you know that's business that's freedom of association whether you whether you whether you think it's uh, the right move or not you know that's that's a fair debate but i didn't want to read from uh david harsanyi's piece specifically talking about the the, the redskins nickname uh today's woke activists the ones scouring wikipedia to ferret out historical injustices no one really remembers on the other hand are sanctimonious imperious undereducated censorious and authoritarian if they succeed they won't make life better for anyone but they'll end up stripping american culture of its wonderful peculiar peculiarity peculiarity and historical flavor Uh, that word was tough for me to handle sorry about that Uh, They're winning, sadly. I knew they were winning after they finally browbeat the Washington Redskins, originally the Boston Redskins, named after a head coach who claimed to be a part Sioux, into dropping their name. As of this writing, the team hasn't announced a new one, but I'm confident it will be completely benign and meaningless, something tantamount to the footballers or sports guys. (laughs) Uh, A friend of mine came up with Washington gridlocks to kind of uh, talk about the perpetual state of Washington, politics in washington dc gridlocks i'd be down with that that'd be pretty cool uh a 2004 poll conducted by the annenberg public policy center found that nine in ten native americans weren't offended by the name washington redskins in 2016 a washington post poll found the exact same result but if you keep telling people their self-worth is found in victimhood and outrage is a moral imperative they might start believing you uh, I just want to stop right there. I've been citing that Washington Pulse poll from 2016 uh, multiple times on this show, including the past several weeks when it's when the Redskins announced that they were going to explore uh, the the nickname or maybe look, review doing a review of the nickname, which translation meant they were getting rid of the nickname. That was pretty. It was a fait accompli as soon as they announced that they were going to do a review of it. But I. I, I've never understood this, and, and I've talked about it on this show. You know, I, I I talked about this situation pretty much 
the entire time I've had my show since 2011. Because I believe it was t- 2013, around that time frame, where the uh, Federal Trademarks and Patents Office decided that they were no longer, because the nickname was offensive, they were no longer going to uh, basically patent the name, ba- protect the name. So what that meant is any schmo could put up a website and sell memory and sell a t-shirt with a Washington Redskins logo on it. And the Redskins couldn't sue because the federal trademarks and patents office would no longer protect them, would no longer allow the patent for that name. Well, that was so outlandish that the ACLU, which is, isn't exactly a conservative bastion. Now the organization that goes by the American civil liberties union, you would think it would be politically conservative because, well, they're standing up for civil liberties. I mean, that that's a pretty conservative position, but, some of the kooky stuff they come up with these days seems to me that they're interested in a lot of other things than, well, standing up for civil liberties, which is the tenet of their name, but that's neither here nor there. But that's how outlandish this was by the Federal Patent and Trademark Office, is the ACLU even stepped in and said, yeah, you can't, that's not a good idea, you can't do that, we're not going to back you on this. And then a court eventually overturned the Federal uh, Patent and Trademarks Office uh, directive and said, you, you're a government agency, you don't get to dictate someone's expression or speech, okay? That, that was a just a gross violation of the First Amendment, an actual government agency coming in and trying to dictate what was offensive and what wasn't. Classic overreach, and I'm glad they got their finger slapped over it. But that just kind of started a cycle where people were going to continue to uh, browbeat the, the, the Washington football team. To, to getting rid of the nickname. And you even had major newspapers saying, we're not going to call them the Redskins anymore. You had an uh, uh, official, an, an NFL referee, who after he retired on Mike Carey, he admitted that he specifically asked the league a number of years ago, I don't want to work a game where the Redskins are playing. And you know what? He didn't do a bunch of virtue signaling, grandstanding, or anything like that. He just made a quiet request because he took umbrage with it. And you know what? That's that's fine and good. But my point in bringing all this up is I drop I I always I do always felt that the the name Redskins should be dropped. And it's because of all I've been hearing growing up ever since I became a football fan in the late 1970s, I've heard about this offensive nickname. And there were Native American groups, some Native American groups, not all of them obviously, that were protesting it. And when the Redskins came to play the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl here in Minneapolis in early 1992, you had some prominent Native American groups out there protesting it. And so that was what I saw. But when when a poll was actually taken and it said 90% of Native Americans were like, you know what? Yeah, we got we got some problems within our community. You want, you want to talk about issues we have in the community, we can give you a whole laundry list. Um... The nickname of a football team doesn't quite uh, make our top 10. I don't know that it makes our top 20. So when you had 90% of Native Americans coming out and saying we're not offended by the nickname, then I said, oh, okay, then why should I be offended if they're not offended? I thought that I was standing up for them, for their community. And so therefore, I, I you know, took umbrage with it as well, by, by proxy, I guess you could say. But once I wa- saw this Washington Post poll from four years ago, I said, oh, okay, whatever. Maybe the silliness will stop. Well, no, it isn't. In this woke culture, again, as David Arsania, I think, I think this brilliantly sums it up. If you're telling people their self-worth is found in victimhood and outrage is a moral imperative, they might start believing you. No, I'm not, that's not, I'm not here to say that all of a sudden it, it, there's been this dramatic shift where it's all of a sudden 90% of Native Americans opposed the nickname Redskins, and then it's like, okay, let's drop it. It didn't get to that point, all right? I don't know if there's been a more recent poll than the one taken four years ago, but I still have a hard time believing that this is an issue for the vast majority of the Native American community. I could be wrong, all right? But again, it's a moot point. The nickname is gone. They're going with the Washington football. Is it Jason, is it Washington football club or Washington football team? I think they're going with team. Is it team? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Washington football team. And then they're going to they're gonna keep the same colors, and just instead of the uh, Native American logo on their helmets, they're going to have their numbers, like the University of Alabama does. They have their uniform numbers on their helmets. I think they look pretty slick. You know, I got no problem with it. But how? when are we going to get to the point where all of a sudden the connotation of Vikings, you know, those who came pillaging through, uh, through rough waters, you know, in their longboats, when is that nickname going to be problematic? You think of you think of joking about it? You, no, all bets are off. Okay, in this day and age of this of, of these woke scolds, so I, I I don't know I don't know how much how much further we're going to go, but and uh, I don't know. Again, I I don't know what the timetable is for ultimately coming up with a new nickname. It sounds like at least for this season. It will be Washington football team, and I don't know if they'll continue to, to deliberate it during the season. I have a feeling they'll just do it like a clean cutoff, where for 2020 they'll go for Washington football team and then come up with a different name after that. I don't know. But uh, I don't know how much more we can get out of the subject. It's a fascinating subject, and I've been talking about it mm-hmm. for nine years on the show, off and on, not every week, but off and on for nine years. And now the name is gone, and, you know, it's all good. I'm not really outraged by it, but I just, you know, again, I don't understand the virtue signaling, the fee, the need to feel offense on behalf of a community that insists they aren't offended and trying to convince them, hey, look, there's, there's, there's uh, notoriety. There's big notoriety in being a victim. Come on, hop on the bandwagon. It's fun. I, I, I just don't get it. So, uh, we'll move on from it, and next time we talk about the Washington football team is, um, you know, when they're playing football, which is still up in the air as to whether that'll happen this season, but that's another subject for another day. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance. And MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by July 31st and you'll save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Wherever there's a need in the Twin Cities, you'll find the Salvation Army. And the need is especially great at the moment as we stand amidst a global pandemic. Medical bills and entire industries out of work for months collide with hungry families and longstanding issues of addiction and poverty. The need may be greater than ever, but so is the Salvation Army's response. Over the next week on this station, you'll hear stories of lives changed and how you can help. Keep an eye on our website and social media pages for details on the Here to Help campaign, supported by Frau and Shoe Commercial Real Estate. Hi, this is PJ from PJ's Appliance Outlet, your local, family-owned and operated appliance store. No matter where you live in the Twin Cities, PJ's is worth the drive. We're centrally located in Plymouth. Just this past month, we've had satisfied customers from Maple Grove, St. Paul, Minneapolis, Eden Prairie, Bloomington, all over the Twin Cities. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores by simply providing over-the-top customer service, great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. 
You can save hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars on brand new warrantied name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers, dishwashers and freezers, top brands like LG, Frigidaire, and much more. Come visit our showroom today and ask for PJ, Bob, or Jake, or visit our website at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. Stay safe in your home with a $4,000 chairlift, now half off for just $2,000 through this special offer from Starlift and this station. There's just one half-price chairlift available. Go to the station's website, click on the More tab and half-price offers, or call the station now. Welcome back. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. And it's always an honor to be joined on this broadcast by our guest. We call him our technology wonk. We've got a basketball wonk, political wonk. Uh, technology wonks just seems to be the uh, natural transition for our next guest. Uh, D. Greg Scott. You can find his fine work at dgregscott.com, the author of such fictional novels as uh, Virus Bomb and Bullseye Breach, of which I have copies of each, and both are autographed, by the way, because, well, I got to be uh, pretty good. I got to know the author pretty well. So uh, he's uh, <laughs> coming on to talk about uh, kind of an interesting story I wasn't able to get to last week, but I'm glad Greg was able to uh, be available this week to talk a little bit about it. I use Twitter a lot, and in case you didn't hear about it, about a week and a half ago, there was a, a hack on Twitter where some high-profile accounts, including those of uh, President Barack Obama, Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden, and Tesla CEO Elon Musk, they were hacked, and they were doing they were putting out some goofy stuff about Bitcoin or something, and when this happened, it was happening to the verified accounts, those with the blue check mark. And as a prolific user of Twitter, it was heavenly because all of these smug, self-righteous, sanctimonious Twitter users that have a blue check mark had their accounts briefly deactivated while Twitter was looking into the uh, situation. Well, here to shed a little bit more light on it and uh, kind of give us some insight as to what happened is the aforementioned D. Greg Scott. Greg, always good to talk to you, sir. How are you? I'm doing real good, Brad. How are you? I've, I've been working on technology wonk stuff today. I had to go switch the laundry and put the washer in the dryer and all that kind of stuff. That's <laughs> that's what. Well, once you got a title like technology wonk, Greg Scott, uh, I'm sure Mrs. Scott has to keep you humble and keep you on those chores. You know, I mean, I understand it. Oh. It's perfectly <laughs> perfectly understandable. Oh yeah, yeah. We we all have our honeydew list, don't we? <laughs> oh, that that is for sure. That is for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, I did want to get to again this. Uh, this uh, particular hack, um, this, uh, from what I've been reading, actually had kind of an assist given by a, uh, was it a Twitter employee? Am I understanding that, Greg Scott? Apparently. There's a, there's a style of attack called SIM swapping, S-I-M swapping. And it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a fancy word for manipulating somebody on the other end of the support line to, into doing stuff that you want. There's a great example video of it where a, where a, a security researcher played a played a MP3 of a baby crying, and in front of a CNN reporter called the cell phone company and, and manipulated the cell phone employee into giving her his access to his account. And by the time she got done, about three minutes later, she had everything everything possible in his cell phone account just mm-hmm. by just by play acting. It's it's a it's a it's a form it's a form of manipulating the other people into getting things that you want. That could be blackmail. It could be any any number of things. Sure. So apparently, somebody out there who calls himself Kirk apparently manipulated a few Twitter employees into giving Kirk access into internal Twitter tools. And then there's a group out there that that in that well, there's these original Twitter names that have one letter. And there's a group called the OGs, Original Gangsters. And these okay. these one-letter names have value, like at six, at a, at w, and even a few like at Joe. So that's three letters, but they're but they're short names. Sure. 
Sure. Those names have value in that community. And so the, one of the big deals is, try, is try, trying to find ways to steal those names from other people that control them. So there's this huge underground market for buying and selling and swapping those names. And Kirk was in the middle of all this. Kirk, Kirk, our, our mysterious whoever he is, and we don't know who Kirk is. So at some point or another, Kirk got a little bit more aggressive, and he attacked these high-profile names, you know, Barack Obama, Jeffrey Bezos, all these, all these high-profile names. Yep. And he had access to these people's accounts, and he started sending out tweets. Send me $1,000 in Bitcoin, and I'll send you $2,000 back because I just feel so generous today. <laughs> and what, okay. what, what boggles my mind, apparently 183 people bought that, and they, and they, they sent in roughly among all of them somewhere around $118,000 worth of Bitcoin oh into this Bitcoin wallet. Who says crime doesn't pay? And, and then so the, some of these people called the New York Times. A few other ones talked to Brian Krebs with Krebs on Security. And so we know a little bit about how this went down, a little bit about how this community works. And this, this one seems to be a bunch of young people that, that got out of hand, that, that got out of hand. And when I think about it a little bit more, I think these young people did us all a favor. How so? And, well, the, um, they've alerted us, they've alerted us to the dangers of, of, um, what can happen with these social media accounts. These, mm. these, these young people had access to, to the direct to direct messages, private direct messages from people like Barack Obama, Jeff Bezos, oh, Bill yeah. Gates, name name your celebrity. Mm-hmm. And so imagine how much imagine what kind of what you could do with access to that information. And they um from what we know in public they, they made hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. I um to my mind that's just pennies. That's just drops in the bucket compared to what they what they could have done. And we may never have known when, and we may never know about it if, if they're if they're blackmailing for some super 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 sensitive information. But my sense so, is these guys yeah, did us a favor because now we're mm-hmm. alert to it. Yeah, absolutely, and and like I say, obviously Twitter is is a a, a monstrous site where you know hundreds of millions of people around the world. Uh, use it mm-hmm. so it's uh, obviously very very pro high profile and those who have the blue check mark are the verified accounts that indicates that you know this account belonging to Barack Obama has a blue check mark you can be sure it belongs to Barack Obama the Barack Obama that we all know and and so on and so forth oh, and and I, and I mentioned at the outset that being a prolific Twitter user myself I you know I I it's just become a, such a cesspool over the past few years that yeah. I, I would rather not use it the only reason i do is you know i get good uh source material for the show here and i just have to kind of sift through all the uh all the other stuff so uh as far as <laughs> yeah, i mean you you use it stuff, i know yeah. a little bit too greg so you probably understand what i'm saying but as far yeah. as what this does for twitter going forward are there any any concern i mean can they are they writing this off is this like okay kind of a one-time nefarious plot or is this something that they have to be uh, genuinely concerned about repeating itself uh, going forward. We should all be concerned about this. I wonder if I have one of those check marks. I do use Twitter. I'm just looking at my account right now. I I don't see any blue check mark by me, but I, I know I'm me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right. Me and my six thousand followers. So we're, I'm I'm probably not important enough to have a check mark. We should all be concerned about this stuff. I've been saying this for years. When you when you put your information out there on the internet in some website somewhere private or whatever whatever settings you put on it you trust the people that operate that website to protect your information that you put out there what happens if they violate that trust well all bets are off you just you just Mm -hmm. flat out don't know i don't think anybody in inside twitter set out to intentionally harm their their most high profile customers that would or well i back off on that that will take a detour on that but their most high profile subscribers but this kind of stuff happens okay we we are not. I, I, I. We are not Twitter customers. We are Twitter raw material. Sure. Twitter. Twitter takes all that all that content that we feed it, and they slice it and dice it and sell it to marketing companies and anyone else that wants to know about trends and what people are talking about, things like that. So when I when I said customers, I should have just said raw material there. Sure. But I, if you're if you're if you're Twitter, 
it's really, really, really bad for business if you violate the trust like that of your raw material providers. And so I imagine there's there's a lot of people, there's a lot of higher ups inside Twitter that are doing a whole lot of soul searching right about now. And the, um, they they did expose some weaknesses. These internal Twitter tools that our that our that our buddy Kirk had access to. Why mm-hmm. why is it why why can I if I had access to that tool from sitting here at my house in Minnesota, why can I why can I touch how is it that I'm able to touch that tool from outside Twitter's walls? I should I should I'm physically sitting here, but I should be forced to access that tool somehow from inside Twitter's network. And there's ways to do that through VPNs and stuff like that. There should be a whole a whole bunch of security protocols I need to go through to gain access into that tool. And yet People got to it, and they posted pictures of it on Twitter for the whole world to see. And so um, yeah, I imagine there are some people inside Twitter who had their egos bruised and also had their wallets bruised, and they're, they're, um, they're going to make it harder. Hold that for thought, Greg Scott. We've got to take one of those hard breaks. We'll be back with a, uh, another segment coming up. Again, <laughs> take your phone call, 651-289-4488. Uh, technology want Greg Scott talking about the high-profile Twitter breach. We'll continue our discussion next on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-605-5757. 800-605-5757. Being a teenager is tough. There's the constant pressure to be liked. Endless worrying about college. Cyberbullying, high expectations, all the negativity. There's no question. Being a teenager is tough. And what do Minnesota's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We play! Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun. Not just fun. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Did you know my mom's going to have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag NARN Show. Continuing our discussion with D. Greg Scott. Check out his website, dgregscott.com. 
for uh, his work in uh, technology. He is our technology wonk. He's embraced it finally, even though that uh, he's still been humbled at the homestead, still having to do laundry and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that's okay. He still brings uh, he still brings the goods when he's on this uh, broadcast, talking about all these uh, <laughs> high profile hacks. Uh, specifically, talking about again the one that took place at Twitter, where a lot of the uh, high profile, specifically the verified accounts, you know, the ones with the blue check mark, got hacked. Um, sound like a, a very yeah. elaborate scheme where. Uh, now, Greg, from what you've been able to ascertain, were these willing employees that got contacted by these hackers, or were they somehow duped? Uh, do, you, do you know that much, Greg Scott? We don't know. We don't know if they were willing or if they were duped. I would, I would hope they were duped. Hey, I, I, I had, hope so, I yeah. something else for you. Yep. I, this is related. This just happened. You're going to love this. I, um, so when you're an author... You you the game, you go on Twitter and you follow people and they follow you back and so the, the the goal is to grow your follower count so that's the way you do it yep. so you end up following a bazillion people and sometimes with the bazillion people you follow you know you, you get a few a few a couple standard deviations away from the norm we're saying statistics so I want so I followed somebody and he sent me a direct message and I just want to read you what he just sent me like this is just like right now. I'm and I won't I won't I won't say his name. I'm I'm the Mega okay. Millions jackpot winner. I'm pleased to congratulate you for being randomly picked among the 50 fallback winners. I will be giving $50,000. You have been so lucky your name was among the 50 followers. So I want to reply to this guy. I want to say, hi, I'm on the radio right now. Send me the 50K and I'll announce it on the air. What do you think, Brad Carlson? Should I do it? Oh, well, I'd love to hear the response of nothing else. I mean, you know, <laughs> All right. I that's just a, press the inner key. <laughs> but, but, but like we'll you said, Greg, attention. The, given that this Twitter, this Twitter scam netted about $118,000, I mean, people are, yeah. you know, there is enough people. If you can get access to a significant volume of people like that, there are enough who yeah. would be willing to, uh, you know, to go for it and, you know, like you say, this is peanuts compared to what other high-profile hacks have netted. But nevertheless, it's uh, mm-hmm. not a bad payday, Greg Scott. No, it's for for this one. It was a pretty good payday. You're right, and that 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 explains why we all see so many spam messages for illegal drugs and Viagra and and you name it. Um, we we see all these all these solicitations for everything because it costs the same amount of money to send a million as it does to send a one. So you may as well just route it through some email relay right. service in China, no questions asked, send it to a million people. If a couple hundred respond and send you money, more more power to you. I was thinking I was writing that... my books, Ron. I should I should do Right, right. Forget responsibility. Well, <laughs> well one thing that I've um I've been uh hearing some scuttle about recently and, you know, I'm almost a, almost afraid to broach a subject. It's a little different subject, but uh, I knew you were going to come on, mm-hmm. Greg, so I wanted to save this for when you came on. Uh, it's China apparently has stolen some technology or has the technology to where they could possibly wreak havoc with the United States power grid, where if they take that out, obviously anything that runs on any semblance of electricity would be down. And if they were able to do that, I mean... It would make obviously this COVID pandemic look like uh, a walk in the park. Do you know anything more about that? Have any more insights about that? I'm almost afraid to ask about it because I, given what we've gone through in 2020, to even try to fathom what something like that would entail or what that would be like, it's like uh, I, I, I don't want to fathom it. But again, if it's if it's a distinct possibility, it's something that I at least want to have a little insight in. Uh, do you have any insight into that, Greg Scott? No, no insider know-how, but you you have to <clears throat> people like me have to fathom that kind of stuff all the time every day. That that we you have to you have to game those scenarios out so that you can defend against them, and you have to learn how to think like an attacker. And um and and a lot of these SCADA systems, supervisory control and data acquisition, a lot of these SCADA systems were built in the 80s and 90s before anybody cared about the internet, and they sure. they don't have they don't have a whole lot for security. So mm-hmm. if they're connected to the internet somehow, it is possible that bad guys could attack them. But the people that run power companies are not stupid. They know these systems are old, and they're and hopefully they're smart enough to air gap that stuff so that so so that they're not connected to the internet. Air gap—that's a metaphor in the internet world. In the 
when we're when we're uh, fighting fires in Yellowstone and we have the bulldozers and we dig these huge fields of dirt so there aren't any trees, we call that air gapping. Mm-hmm. In the in the internet world, air gapping means we don't connect this system directly to the internet. We keep it isolated. And if we need if it needs to exchange data with somebody out in the other end of the world, there's some sort of intermediary in between. And presumably that intermediary has all the appropriate security protocols so that these old systems that that are not anywhere near up to snuff are not accessible to the outside world. <clears throat> Could the Chinese do stuff like that? Well, the Chinese, the Russians, the North Koreans, pick your enemy. Could somebody do stuff like that? It wouldn't surprise me if we see an attack here or there, and it, and it definitely won't surprise me if we see attempted attacks all the time. But on a large scale, disrupting the whole country, I, no, I doubt it. I doubt it. And even if they could, that would, that would last a few days, and we'd figure out a way to recover and put it back together again. Okay. Um, yeah, well, what's that famous I, author's I, name? Go ahead. Famous author's name? I, I, well, I, there's a bazillion. Greg, D. Greg Scott? James he's Patterson. Pretty, he's, James yeah, 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 D. Greg Scott. He, he's a future bestseller. He's got, he writes good books, too. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, the, re- <laughs> yeah. the reason I bring, bring stuff like this up about. is because you have, you have some officials, and I remember this during the 2016 uh, you know, four years ago today, you know, we were in the midst of the, obviously the 2016 presidential campaign, and there mm-hmm. was already scuttle about the Russians interfering in our election system and some hacks that they were undertaking and everything else. And oh, they, someone they who did. That's not even a for, rumor. They, they did interfere. They did. Well, they, at the time, did, yeah. at the time it was, but then it was later verified. That, yeah, that absolutely happened. Well, I'm bringing that up because you've had some high-profile officials like former Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker while he was running for president and just before he and you know he had dropped out of the race obviously by this point four years ago but he had mentioned to and and a staffer of his confirmed this that it was almost dereliction of duty how government officials were so underwhelmed by the potential of high profile cyber hacks and we've seen so many high profile breaches greg scott with the the office of personnel management obviously target so many other big ones how is that to this to this point take out under i don't know it's not almost dereliction of duty it's it so you know we've talked about this before what was hillary's campaign manager what was his name the um the democrat he was bill clinton Yes, John Podesta. So he he fell for a he fell for a he fell for a social engineering attack. Oh, the Russians right. the Russians sent him an email and and it, and it looked like it came from Google and it said your password's bad. Click here to click here to update your password. He clicked here, he updated his password and that's that's how emails that's how his emails got over all, all over WikiLeaks. He fell for the oldest trick in the book. That's this right. guy who's supposed to be a national campaign manager for a presidential candidate. And then and then it gets better. Then he wrote an op-ed piece to the Washington Post and demanded an FBI investigation. <laughs> so, <laughs> the FBI had to take a magic marker and write the word "stupid" on his forehead, and that should be that should be. That you know what the best be part? The conclusion about, yeah. about those uh, about those WikiLeaks. You know they got they got emails. They say they mm-hmm. they say they also got some from. People on the Trump campaign, and of course, people are like, well, yeah, why aren't you yeah, releasing yeah. any from the Trump campaign, specifically President Trump? And they said, and they just, and this was the most hilarious to me. They said, well, a lot of the things that he has said in these emails are, are no different than what he says in public person. on Twitter. Yeah. And all that other thing. <laughs> There's, there's <laughs> no value to it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and and I, I don't doubt that because uh, someone once said that the president's uh, Twitter account is basically like a YouTube comment section. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there really isn't any. There's really no more mystery yeah. to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So James Patterson wrote this book. Wrote yeah, this book called "The President Is Missing." Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just uh, kind of got the short delay here. Uh, I, I was just going to say, once again, we're joined by our technology wonk, Greg Scott. Uh, we've talked about the high-profile Twitter act. Now we're talking about, uh, what's this James Patterson book you uh, you want to promo, Greg Scott? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to promo it. I'm going to pan it. He wrote he wrote this book called The President is Missing, and he, he co-wrote it with Bill Clinton. And the premise of the book is um, somebody somebody did exactly as you suggested. Somebody 
somebody got into the BGP routing tables of every Internet service provider in the United States and rerouted everything to this evil attacker's domain where they, where they, and where they put malicious software inside every device everywhere connected to the Internet, and they turned, they turned all these devices into bricks. So now these bad guys control all the power and all the power and all the everything all over the country. That's the whole mm-hmm. premise of the book. Okay, okay. Stop, stop there. That premise is ridiculous. Number one, and, and I can't believe that pre- an ex-president of the United States helped write this, and I really can't believe that this ex-president cybersecurity chief was a consultant on this book. And that tells us a lot about government awareness of cybersecurity stuff. So <clears throat> number one, the premise of this book assumes every ISP in the country is run by idiots. And I, and I know for a fact that's not true because I deal sure. with some of them firsthand. Right. <laughs> and then number two, after, after they turn every device into the country, in the country into a brick, if, if you click the wrong thing, how do you, how do you think they resolve it? The, now, this is a book written by like the most famous author in the whole world who, has, who, who can research anything anywhere with a couple buttons, and an ex-president mm-hmm. of the United States, and an ex-cybersecurity chief of the United States, how do they resolve it? <laughs> the president of the United States and a few of his people guess the secret password just in the nick of time before everything blows up. Wow, fortuitous. That's, that's, you, you wonder why there's rumors about, about the electric grid being at risk from the Russians and the Chinese. Well, because, because we have these stupid Hollywood hacker stories that fly around the world, <laughs> and people think that stuff is real. Right, right. And so uh, if, you, <clears throat> if you want to fix that problem, let's educate the public. So thanks for having me on. We'll do some educating. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, always, uh, always a pleasure to be joined by our um, our friend of the show and our uh, official technology wonk, uh, D. Greg Scott. Again, check out his fine website, <laughs> dgregscott.com. You have access to his uh, blog yeah. as well as promos of his books, uh, Bullseye Breach and Virus Bomb. Uh, Greg, uh, I promise you we'll have you on uh, again. If we uh, can't do it in studio for the time being, we can always uh, do it by phone and uh, we always get some good stuff. Sure. So appreciate your time today as always and uh, sure. have a great rest of your weekend. Hey, give me two seconds. I had one quick thing for you. Next time oh, we sure. do it, we'll do it. Do it by if we do it remotely, we'll do it. Do it over video, and then we can see each other, and we can do visual cues and stuff. And I, I won't talk over you then. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, it's a we we did. I think we did just fine, Greg. You know, like I say, we went right. into myriad subjects, and we pulled it off just fine. But uh, no, as always, Greg, appreciate right, the cool. time, and uh, no trouble at all. We'll talk soon. Thanks for putting up with me, Brad. Talk to you later. Uh-huh. Oh, you can always a blast. Thank you. Six five one. 289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. One final segment coming up on this edition of The Closer with me, Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Attention, this is a real estate ad. If you are thinking of buying or selling, please listen closely. My name is Alex Hartman of REMAX Results. I am a like-minded, loyal listener to this radio station. I have a proven track record of results, having sold thousands of homes over 30-plus years. But most important, in this day and age of big real estate teams pushing crazy gimmicks and guarantees, when you call me, you get me and only me. No gimmicks, no anonymous team members, just one-on-one service and results. When you work with me, you can rest assured the buck stops right here. I have your back. I'm the only agent you communicate with from start to finish. I'm 100% accountable to you. So if you're thinking of buying or selling this season and you like the idea of working with an agent who shares your views, an agent who will work diligently on your behalf every step of the way, then call me today for a free no-obligation consultation. Just go to ResultsByAlex.com. ResultsByAlex.com. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Again, that's ResultsByAlex.com. 
Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorrance Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800-482-8399. It's back to school time. Whether your kids are returning to class with face masks or you're keeping them at home, one thing will stay the same. Back to school is expensive. So we'd like to help. Enter the back-to-school sweepstakes. You could win $2,500 for your kids' expenses. Then we pay an additional $2,500 to your school. Register for the back-to-school sweepstakes at am1280thepatriot.com. That's am1280thepatriot.com. Join the Freedom Fan Club during July and register to win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You by Kurt Schlichter. Sign up today at am1280thepatriot.com. Welcome back. AM1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. So I'm closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It is The King Banyan Show, heard Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. And my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, and these are our airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. I am the closer, closing out weekends every Sunday from 1 to 3. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Seems like every time I refresh ESPN.com, it's just like the score keeps going up and up. Uh, top of the fifth inning, Twins have a 10 to nothing lead. Not a bad Twins debut for Kenta Maeda. Uh, nope. Four shutout innings, of course. Uh, before he even threw a pitch, he had a 4 nothing lead. And uh, after one inning, he had a, 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 a... And going into the bottom of the second inning, he had a 9 nothing lead. So uh, not not a bad debut for Kenta Maeda at all. Uh, no, not so. at all. And honestly, considering um, you know Barrios looked pretty shaky in his opening start, uh, Dobnik looked pretty good yesterday, but... You know, in terms of an inning eater, you're not getting that out of Randy Dobnik. No, so a very exactly. good, impressive debut so far for Kenta. It's awesome. Yeah, they, they they need to get him as deep in the game as possible. And Taylor Rogers, I don't think has worked yet this no, in the first two games. Not so at all. Just just get him a mop up inning just to kind of give him some work and then uh, um, uh, be good to go. But uh, yeah, it's a you know not a bad start. And again, you know, early on you don't like to get too excited because you you know the rationale is what's well, 162 games is a long slog well no it's 60 games <laughs> so games again one loss isn't a death knell but you lose two out of three or three out of four in a series that gets to be pretty big in a 60 game season even in the first couple weeks of the 60 game season so yeah it's uh it, it's going to be interesting to see how this this yeah. goes the, the the schedule dynamic you know they play everybody from the American League Central 10 times each, and then they have 20 games against the National League Central because they want to keep everybody regional, you know, not have to have the long travel. So mm-hmm. no trips out to the West Coast and mercifully no trips to Yankee Stadium. <laughs> not until the playoffs so. anyway. Which, speaking right, of the playoffs, right. uh, Brad, what do you think about them expanding at least for this season to 16 teams? I'm fine with it. This season, I'm I'm okay with it. It just it's unprecedented. You know, I'm starting to sound like one of these commercials. In these unprecedented times. <laughs> Cliche. But no, in this in this unprecedented in these unprecedented times, uh, <laughs> you just gotta do what you can. And I like it because it still puts an emphasis on winning the division, you know, and then finishing second place, you know, you're automatically in, and then it's the best records after that. So you could still have a situation where the teams the team that just misses out on the wild card has a better record than say someone that finished in second place, but they're on the outside looking in. So it still puts a priority 
on doing well within your division, which the Twins are in the American League Central, and White Sox look pretty good. I think they're going to be good. they got mm-hmm. a really good lineup. Yes, they do. So they're going to be formidable. The Indians, with that pitching staff, still going to be very tough. I don't think they're going to score a lot of runs, but they're still very formidable as well. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't write off the American League Central as a cakewalk again. You no. know, the Twins got to play 20 games uh, between the a third of their games are against the White Sox and Indians. That's not going to be a walk in the park. You know, so no, and the Cubs I, I, should be, be decent. Dismissing that. Yeah, the Cubs should be decent. The Reds should be decent. The Cardinals should be decent. Even the, um, uh, well, I don't think the Pirates are supposed to be decent, but I think even the Brewers are supposed to be decent. You know, everybody's talking about how like the Twins have like the easiest schedule out of any team. Well, yeah, if you go off last year's record and look, this is the most unpredictable baseball year of all time, probably. That, that's the rub. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like I don't know how you can take anything that happened last year and even attribute it to what's going to happen this year. You might be able to find a couple similarities, but you're not playing a full 162. You're playing 60. Anything can happen. Honestly, the Detroit Tigers could win the World Series this year, and it wouldn't blow my mind. Well, maybe a little. <laughs> yeah, that that now that would be a surprise. That <laughs> yes, one, it would. That, but but no, I, to your to your point, yeah, this gives an opportunity for uh, just some crazy things to happen. You know, teams that you think okay in a 162 game season they may may win, you know, 80 81 to 85 games. Mm-hmm. You know. But in a 60-game season, again, you just get hot. I mean, look at the Twins. They were their their biggest stretch was at the beginning of the year. You know, they started 40 and 18, and they open up like an 11-game lead in the division. Mm-hmm. You know, within the first 58 games. So uh, again, I don't know that they'll get off to that hot a start this year. But I'm going to be interested to see how the pitching shakes up because Rich Hill, who was supposed to be gone half the year, but mm-hmm. because basically the first three months there was no season, now he's going to be ready to pitch. Uh, Michael Pineda still has to serve, I think, like 20, 30 games. I don't even know how many, but that'll be a nice late season uh, pickup. And then if, uh, you know, Brios, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be fine. Odorizzi will, you know, be coming back. He's got the injury. I mean, this is this is as deep a pitching a starting staff and bullpen that they've had. It's true. I think since Target Field opened. I yeah, mean, yeah. That's I, definitely the best we've had in at least a decade. Yeah, because Target Field opened in 2010. They had that terrific season in 2010, and then for like – four straight seasons were awful. Yeah. Um, but even when they had those pop-up seasons, like in 2015 and 2017, their starting staff really wasn't anything to write home about. No, it really wasn't. You know, so uh, this, you know, this is a, a really solid starting staff in the bullpen. Like I say, yeah. they picked up Barrios on Friday night. I mean, they came in, I mean, uh, May, Duffy, and Stashak. They look, they look fantastic. I've got like, one gripe. I've got one gripe, Brad, and it's because he's batting right now. Josh Donaldson hasn't done anything yet besides draw a walk. I want to see more from yeah. him. I know it's been three games. Uh, yeah, and then Nelson Cruz is hitting like five forty-five now. Yep. So he hit he hit, he hit a home run to make it ten nothing today. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's uh, that yeah that lineup is definitely going to be <clears throat> very formidable. That's the no doubt about it, and. The early indications were going to be that the pitchers were supposed to be ahead of the hitters because, you know, it takes a while to really get that timing down and whatnot. The pitchers are supposed to have the early season advantage, and that hasn't really shaken out in this series thus far. No, and I didn't believe that in the first place because it takes a pitcher longer to fine-tune their stuff than hitters, in my opinion, because it's just yeah. more, more, there's more they have to do. But we'll we'll take this we'll take this early start. I think they can hang on today. So, uh, folks, we've enjoyed it as always. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Have yourselves a great rest of the day, and Godspeed, my friends. Have a blessed week. Closing time. Tall bunion plumbing and drains. Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Whoever said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure might have been dealing with a clogged drain line. Call Paul Bunyan Plumbing and Drains now for a complete line checkup. Paul Bunyan will use their camera to see exactly what's going on. They'll clean the main line for $175 or a secondary line for just $125 with no trip charge. Certain restrictions apply. For details, visit heypaul.com. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance. And MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. A typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. 
MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by July 31st, and you'll save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch, like more than 400,000 people already have, and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Vital Oxide is a great product American Pressure offers. What is Vital Oxide, you ask? It's an EPA list and certified disinfectant, also safe for no rinse on food surfaces. It's great against odors and will disinfect and sanitize against COVID-19. Plenty in stock. 